on 94.5 ESPN. Jason Wildey is brought to you by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. Brian Bulaga said, I want Jason Wildey on Thursday, generally to talk about the next game, but with the bye week, it might be something else. Good afternoon, Jason. Doctor of Good football. Good afternoon, guys. Take it away. Jason, how are we doing this evening? Great. You know who I just uh, talked to earlier today, and he sends his warmest regards? Gary Ooh. Gary Dolphin, because that's what I talked to, who I talked to, and he said he sends his regards to Brian Bulaga, too. Same, same. Kirk Ferentz. Kirk Ferentz. No, no kidding. No kidding. Look at that. Well, there's a guy who understands no offense. I bet. Did you call him as an expert on no scoring in the first half? You're mean. Uh, no, take a, take it easy. Him. Take take it easy. <laughs> He's right. a great Relax. coach. His team offenses have been horrible for how many years, Mr. Bulaga? You keep track. Uh, we were pretty good when I was there. Yeah. How long ago was that? <laughs> well, it was a while. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> take it away, Jason. Sorry to interrupt. Well, that's what you do. Uh, we had a lovely conversation. I was working. I'm working on a story about Christian Welch who is okay. uh, actually from Iola, Scandinavia, here in Wisconsin. And uh, he's the, 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 the problem that Kirk Ferentz, the mistake that Kirk Ferentz made was that he once called me from his cell phone, and now I can text him whenever I need to write about an Iowa guy, which, as you well know, we get a lot of Iowa guys around here. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he and I... He, I, I really like him. He's always really nice. He always delivers when he promises he's going to call me back. And lo and behold, he did. We had a great conversation. And uh, I told him that we've been doing radio together. And he, I, I'm sure he didn't love it when you left because he wanted a great left tackle for another year. But, boy, he yeah. thinks the world of you. and Almost as much as Homer thinks the world of you. Oh, Homer, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I think the world of you. I'm, I'm fascinated by your passion and interest in figuring things out. I uh, Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I'm, I actually get to go see him next week. Abby and I and the kids are flying up to Iowa for the week. And uh, You're being honored or something. Him. Gary Dolphin said you're being honored for something. Was that? Yeah, the ANF uh, award I'm getting. It's a, it's a pretty cool award. Um, it's selected for, for former players that – kind of instill the work ethic and spirit of, you know, farmers. So it's a, it's a pretty cool award. A lot of big names have gotten it at Iowa. Uh, Only Iowa would have such an award. Yep. 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 (laughs) I know, but it's, it's, it's a pretty cool award and and I'm honored to get it. So I'm excited, but not that our listeners want to listen about Iowa football. They want to listen. No, we want to know about any awards, any hall of fames you're in, any other, other awards. Anything else you got coming up? Ring of Honor, like Couch yeah. just put in unfairly on the radio. I mean, what year are you going to be in the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame? You're going in. Like, you know you're going in, right? I, I, don't, I don't know. You don't, I don't know. know. I, I, Jason, I don't tell him he's getting in. Come on. He's get, Yeah, he's getting in. Yeah, he's in, getting in. I, I don't know where we're at on uh, – uh, we're getting close to all the guys from his era, but he just – he just retired. I mean, again, I learned right. from being around him and Tausch that you don't actually file paperwork all the time and everything else. But he he played pretty recently, so 
He's got to wait a little while. Longer. Okay. All right. Fine. Brian yeah. clearly wants to get to more important things than himself. Uh, Correct. So what Correct. did you guys want to discuss instead of the life and times of Brian Bulaga and yeah. Iowa football? So what I wanted to ask, Jason, was what is the team schedule this week? Are they still there? Is he holding them for the bye week? Because I normally know, at least when I was there with LaFleur, and I know the last few years, because obviously I was buddies with lots of guys in the team, he gave him the whole week off. Is that the case this week? Or what's kind of the, what, what message is he driving home this week with their time off? So here's the, and, and this is proof that you and I are old. Uh, me, even older than you, and Homer, way older than both of us, uh, you, don't, you don't get to decide anymore. It is written in the CBA. Oh. They're off. And so oh. you, there is no – because when I first started covering the team, uh, Holmgren and then Sherman after that, that bye week was – there was a carrot to be dangled for guys. And yeah. if you went out there and you got it put on you – uh, congratulations, you're going to have less vacation time now. So now it's, it's in the CBA. They get the, the, that is all set. So they, I think the rule on Tuesday was no flights out of Green Bay before 5 o'clock. So that was okay. the only rule that Lafleur put on them was they could not book a flight earlier because he clearly was planning on having that very long team meeting that kept them there pretty late. Yeah. Okay, so per CBA rule, I, that's something new to me. That's great. I, I wish I had that rule when I was there because I stayed a lot of extra days in practice <laughs> when Coach McCarthy was there. So <laughs> that, that, exactly. That, exactly. That, that was not something I was afforded. So that's great. Um, so did you have – did did he have a presser today, LaFleur? He did not. So he talked on Tuesday, and when he okay. talked, one of the things that I asked him – you know, because uh, again, the the he can't keep his players there. But I asked him, "What's your schedule going to be?" Like mm-hmm. coaches need to recharge their batteries too. I know everyone's pissed at him right now, and they think he doesn't know what he's doing and everything else. There's a large portion of the fan base that's frustrated, and I get it. But he did say that he's it's his job to figure all this stuff out. So he is going to be at Lambeau pretty much every day now. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he would have done if things were going swimmingly and they were sitting at four and one, which I mm-hmm. still maintain if they had had Aaron Jones for those two games, that's exactly where they'd be. But uh, he's, you know, he's got a lot of work to do. And, and there's a couple of things that I think are his focus. Uh, one is he's got to figure out where the line is, where he can simplify things. So these young guys, not screw them up, mm-hmm. but also not make them so simplistic that defenses have such an easy time of figuring things out, right? The whole idea, you played yeah. in this offense the first year, you heard him say it, it is the illusion of complexity. Well, you still have to yeah. figure out ways to make it look complex. How are they and screwing up, Jason? Do you, you can, is that a, so, so the example, no one knows exactly the, the, what that means. All right, well, so the best example and, and there are multiple examples of this. And some of them are physical mistakes. Like, you know, look, I, I really like Christian Watson. I love his speed. Uh, I always bring this up. Rob Domofsky had a scout tell him from another team, we, we would really like him if he could catch the football. Oof. I mean, that you don't want to hear – you don't want that said about a guy who no. uh, plays wide receiver. But the, the deep ball, look, that's a 
that's a play he's got to make. Like he's got, he's in position. He can't not catch that. That is an enormous play that he lets slip through his fingers. So that one is physical mistakes, but the real big ones are the ones where because of inexperience or just not paying attention, but there was this play on the opening drive against the Raiders. It's third and three. We all know that they haven't been getting off the fast starts. Third and three, very makeable from the Vegas 47-yard line. And Luke Musgrave runs the wrong route. Mm. Busts his route. And Jordan Love ends up throwing, I think, for Jaden Reed. It was a, I have long, yep. incomplete, not close. Yep. Yeah, yep. Because, because Luke Musgrave wasn't where he's supposed to be. And if he is, it's open. He, he hits him for, I don't know, seven, eight-yard gain. And the drive keeps going, and who knows? Maybe they go in and score for all the criticism they've taken. Uh, the, so the physical mistakes, like the two drops during the two-minute drill right before the interception in the end zone, but also mental mistakes. And so he has to figure out, how do I get these guys to play fast, to play confident, to not make mistakes? And so I have to simplify it somehow, but at the same time, I can't make it too simple. So that's one. The other job that he, ha- that he admitted he is going to do and I don't have a problem with this. You know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And I know he does this already as part of his weekly kind of film study is he was going to look across the league for things that would fit this offense that other teams are doing that he can take and adapt to what they do. And yeah. look, there's plenty of offenses that run this, a, a version of this Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay system so if he needs to find some kind of simple plays that they don't have that can maybe make things easier on these young guys that don't know what they're doing, then he's going to try and do that too. He's got, he has got to figure this out. And, again, I, I know Tausch and I went round and round when Brian was on with us. I just I firmly believe, and, again, you know, Brian spent 11 years in the NFL. I've, this is my 28th season. There is, I have never covered a team with what they have at the receiver and tight end positions. I've never seen it where there's literally no one of, of, of any veteran experience. Like Josiah DeGuara, that's it, and he's technically a fullback. So th- yeah. this is what, what LaFleur's up, up against, and he's got to try and figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what, when I was on your program, that's what we talked about. Like, who is the go-to guy that LaFleur and Love can rely on in these situations to get them the ball? Dobbs. Right? Homer. Dobbs. Dobbs. And in a crucial situation, he dropped it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. How many chances did he get? It's like he wasn't even on the field. I mean, okay, at the at, but also, Homer, got to win. You got to win your You asked the question. I gave you, you the answer. Get open. Yeah. And he should gotta, be getting – he should be getting more open because now you have uh, Watson on the field, right? Isn't that the theory? Well, he he did not. Uh, I, I Brian, I will should defer be to the you. Theory. I know you watched the line. Yeah, but he did but, not. Yeah. He did not win. He did not win frequently. Uh, it's no. not like he was running wide open and Jordan Love missed him. I don't think he got open very uh, no. frequently in that game. Homer, and that's what I was telling you beforehand when you said, you know, this is in the 1980s. We got to throw the ball, and I said that's great. But what's going on is these defenses are daring Jordan Love to throw the ball because they know up front we can't block properly to run the football. So they know they can stop the Mm -hmm. run, 
with six-man boxes and then flood zones and create different looks for Jordan Love and these receivers to find pockets to get open in. And the receivers currently can't find those pockets of space to get open in because they don't know how to do it. They haven't seen it. They don't have a guy in the in the locker room or in their meeting room to show them how to do it. Like Devontae was there for the one year, and he, and he was helping young guys along, and he helped Lazard along and, and, and really helped his development. There's no one there to do that. So the coach can tell the guys to do that, but it's hard to do that when there's not someone in the room showing you on tape and well, showing un- you on the practice Well, field. we can all agree that's on Goody. Uh, that's it's part yeah. of it for sure. Yeah. Well, I know yeah. it's all on Goody. I mean, it's not part of it. It's ninety nine percent on Goody, right? He the, the idea the idea of having all these guys grow together is great, but you're talking to a guy right now who became a fantastic right tackle and would have been, if not for his unlucky knee stuff, a fantastic left tackle. But what did Brian Bulaga have? besides good coaches and a great quarterback, he arrived in Green Bay, Wisconsin, with Mark Tauscher at right tackle and Chad Clifton at left tackle, who yeah. between them, one, one was they, they were in the same draft class, so they are, were both in their 11th seasons in 2010 when he arrived as a rookie. And so no matter how good James Campen is at his job, we all agree he's great at it, it also mm-hmm. helps to have two guys who have been in the trenches for over a decade apiece to give you those little tidbits that you can use. And they don't – that's the flaw, in, in my opinion. And I, I, people are, have been killing me about this since the draft where I said, yeah, you've got to have some veterans in the room. There's value in that. No, no, no. They, 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 look at all this talent. Look at all the potential. Yeah, but you need guys who know what the hell they're doing because – who would you, you – you certainly need to listen to your coaches, and I'm going to stop talking so Brian can. But when you can learn from guys who are your teammates, who are more experienced and have been through what you're about to go through, that's just as, if not more valuable, than what you get from a coach. Absolutely. I mean, what I learned from Cliffy and Tausch my first year, and then – Obviously, Tausch left and Cliffy was still there. And I was even a second-year player absorbing everything and learning. And then I got to play next to Sitton, who was, you know, wise beyond his years. He was two years older than me, but heck of a player. Mm -hmm. Experienced, knew everything. So I got to really absorb information from him. And then I got TJ next to me a few years later. So, like, I was always around older guys to help me along. And, And, yes, I was gaining experience and I was getting better. But I was always able to learn something from older players. And then, obviously, if you were to ask Bakhtiari or Lindsley right. um, what, what happened when they got into the lineup, they'd go, we had some of the best older guys we've ever been around to help us through. I had Balaga, I had Lang, I had Sitton. And that's just the way it is. That's the way the NFL is. You learn from older guys in the locker room. And they just don't have that right now, right? Especially at receiver, at quarterback. Uh, at offensive line, now that Dave's gone and Elton's the only only guy, I mean, Elton is probably doing his best, but he can't help four positions. It's just the way that's life. Right. Um, and then, and obviously defensively, you know, they're hot and cold. They do have veteran players. They're hot and cold. They're, you know, they're a mix. But we're talking about offense right now and the issues we have on offense. And, and, that's, and that's where I see it being. Youth is a good thing with, in, you know, in uh, kind of moderation. Yes, and thank you for saying that. I was losing my my train of thought. In moderation, (laughs) 
<laughs> so like in moderation, it's good. But when you just get a whole dose of it, man, you're going to start, you're going to see games like this. And that's just the way it is. All right, Jason, appreciate the time. We've gone too long. I know that's the first time it's ever happened, but I like listening uh, yeah. to you two. You guys are pretty good. Oh, we should start <laughs> our own separate podcast. Have you, uh, Jason, have you ever won a farmer's that. award? Like I played like a farmer. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, in talking with Kirk Ferentz today, uh, again, not only does he think highly of Brian, but they've got a bunch of awards there. They've got the Hayden Fry Award, and they've got the Coaches Award and all these other ones. So I'm sure, Brian, this isn't his first one, and it probably won't be did, his did, has, has Brian Bulaga won the award for the greatest player who doesn't yet have his degree? Do they have that award yet? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. That's right. Here we go. Yeah. I'll go to school to get a master's. If you you get your ass in gear and get your undergraduate degree, have you decided to take up my offer? I have not. I have not decided. I'm going to have to talk to you. We got to go. All right. Take care. Thanks, Jason. (laughs) Thanks, Jason. (laughs) What a quarter. I don't know if it's the third or the fourth quarter, but it's next. The Homer Hour is back after this on 94.5 ESPN.